Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. In this episode, I'm talking to Beth Metzen, who is Agri's Farm Environmental Advisor. Today, we'll be looking at the 25-year Environment Plan and how that policy links with the sustainable farming incentive. Crucially, though, we'll be asking why this approach is different and what sustainable farming could really mean for farmers. So, hello, Beth. Hi, Tony. Hello, and welcome to Tramlines. Uh, You know, there's so much to talk about here, but uh, can we start with the key question? So, you know, there's a lot of change here with regards to environmental policy. You know, what are our aims here as the farming industry? Okay, so yeah, we are, like you're right in saying that, we are in a change, we're in a transition in farming at the moment. Um, We've got lots of different policies coming at us from different angles, and I think in the industry it's really hard to to fathom which direction to go in but essentially um what what i try to aim for is this 25 year environment plan because i think that sets it out very nicely um, it's got a long list of um things that we're trying to achieve and um not only are we trying to achieve profitability on the farm now but we're also you know we've got all these different aims and objectives with water biodiversity soil climate change um and and that's detailed in the in the environment plan and we've got a huge part to play in that in agriculture. Yeah, so so there's a lot there that you're talking about. We've got the financial side, which obviously is yeah. really important and on uh, the mind of farmers, uh, but also you know soil and water. So, from your point of view as a specialist, where where do we start? So I essentially profitability is key. Essentially, we want a, we want sustainable businesses. So profitability is the number one, as always. Um, in terms of the other the other areas, I think you've, we've got to be careful not to isolate the, bit, the bits and pieces. And actually, the true value in these things is actually bringing them all together and not just focusing on one thing. So one of the dangers at the moment is everyone's sort of a bit focused on carbon. And actually, yeah, that's great. And, you know, carbon smart farming will give a huge amount of other benefits. And it's that stacking benefits, which I think is really important, which is why I quite like the 25-year environment plan, because it's all about stacking benefits and making sure that our actions deliver more than just one objective and that's where the value comes so that that stacking is really important when it translates through to the financial benefit isn't it yeah absolutely yeah i mean that's at the end of the day we we haven't got profitability and a sustainable business in terms of uh, the financials we don't have a business so that's got to be key and we but we've got to achieve that profitability sustainably right right so when you go onto a farm and you're advising a farmer where where do you start in terms of talking to that farmer about their f- particular farm and soil erosion, managing soils, water, flood prevention, etc.? Where where do you start with your advice? Okay, well the key you know, it's all different. There's essentially lots of different directions you're going to be um, coming from and towards. So the first thing you really must do is obviously understand um, the farmers and the land managers' objectives. Um, their understanding and knowledge and experience of the farm itself. I think that's really important because you get you get a really good understanding of um, of the challenges. And they might not understand it in the same way that you do, and they might not be experiencing it in the same way that you might want that to change. But that will give you a real really good insight. So, giving that farmer the chance or the land manager the chance to to portray that to you is 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 key. Um, and then from there, 
it would be making sure that you're looking at the wider landscape. So you're essentially not just looking at the farm scale, but making sure you're looking wider afield and thinking about what's going on um, around that farm. Like what habitats are there? What do we need to join up in terms of biodiversity? What are the, what are the challenges when it comes to cropping? Or could we be doing something different? Can we access some funding uh, from the government or somewhere else that we could change things slightly um, for the better and we could you know and actually one of the one of the key things that I always focus on is is education and making sure that what I'm telling what I'm advising on, and helping that farmer with that they understand and I think knowledge is power at the end of the day because if they understand my objectives and what I'm trying to aim for they can be engaged with that too and it's not just me giving them a to-do list it's I kind of get where we're going with this and yes I'm I'm up for that or I'm not and actually can we start some can we slow down a bit and I'm, I'm quite I'm quite keen on this but I need a bit more I need a bit more coaxing so we can know we can understand the pace we can understand what direction to, what, what direction to go in and where the big impacts are going to be to start with sure but your to-do list starts with the farmer's objectives right yeah so yeah. what sort of objectives I, I'm really interested to, to farmers share with you what, what are their aims when you have that first uh yeah that that first conversation yeah I mean and, and actually quite often they're not put as aims and objectives they're usually put as issues and problems okay. so it could be that we're getting you know we've got we've got this wet corner in, in over here that's not very profitable the yield map shows it's dreadful um and actually yes that's that's bad for profitability but also it's really bad for the environment as well and actually we can we can improve your profitability but we can also add some real value when it comes to the environment we can clean up perhaps the local water environment perhaps there's a problem with soil erosion there there could be a drainage issue and we can look in that so it's more it's it's usually to do with things like um, workability of the soil. Um, it could be to do with um, they might even have an issue with um, regulators. There's often one called in um, and then they, they then got an issue with compliance. So actually, that's what I tend to do is I would I don't want to just tick a box. I don't want to just make sure that the compliance person is happy. Well, let's just let's bring that back a bit and think what the, what's the compliance and regulation telling us? Right. Well, how can we make that work to build a more resilient and sustainable farm? Actually, we don't want to just say, oh, let's just do that record keeping and we'll just tick that box. Let's think, right, well, they want us to do that and achieve that. How can we make that work for us? And so is the challenge here that farmers could look at their farms from a different environmental perspective? And, and that's half of the battle is actually kind of change, not necessarily thinking that this regulation is is bad for the farm. Actually, it could be good for the farm. And we need to we need to almost like change it around and look at it from a different angle, um, and and also most of those issues and problems are very holistic to actually increasing wildlife and biodiversity on the farm anyway. So we are, we are looking for those unproductive areas, and actually perhaps the answer isn't to grow a crop on there, and it is to build a habitat and then join that up with other habitats, linear features around the farm, and make those areas. Um, give us a feel-good feeling rather than looking at it and being quite you know depressed about that little area in the field. But you've talked about some specifics uh, that farmers may come up with when you go to have that first uh, consultation with them. Can you can you share any of those great wins that you've maybe started to see on farms with some of your clients? Yeah so I mean the obvious thing to to speak about here is is stewardship and countryside stewardship and the, and the huge uplift in people taking up stewardship and getting some um some good value out of it not just 
profitability but environmental and I think the danger with stewardship is to is to just focus on the problem areas and not think of the farm as something you can build at build in a build biodiversity you know tackle water pollution um, and soil health and the, the one the successes I've had have been the ones that have really wanted to engage in all those things and actually really utilize stewardship in particular to benefit the the farm itself so worked rather than thinking about that's my stewardship area and this is my cropping area really put the whole thing together which is really where the challenge is essentially it's actually it's relatively straightforward to say that's my stewardship bit this is my cropping bit and i'm not necessarily saying footprint wise they need to they need to interlink but they need there needs to be a reason why you've put that particular thing there that's going to benefit the farm itself yeah yeah so they're my they're my, my successes would be those that that truly engage with the full process rather than just doing the minimum mm. and to ask the bigger question with lots of farmers participating in this new you know not necessarily a new way of farming but a slightly different focus yeah. uh, compared to what farmers have been asked to do over the last you know 30 or so years do you think we might see a difference in our countryside in the regularity of uh, flooding for example do you think we might actually see a difference I do. I think the change, I think the change in funding is going to shift that, but there needs to be, there needs to be better funding and actually true, the true value of these, you know, services that, that farming can provide need to be truly valued for us to be able to see that. So we're in the hands a little bit of policymakers, um, unfortunately. Um, and I think, I think that change is, is happening and I, I hope it does because at the moment we're not there. We're nowhere near there actually um, in terms of the value that's being put on some of these, I want to say ecosystem services and that's that is what it is um but I know it's a bit of a buzzword but um that that needs to be truly valued for us to be able to see that because farmers are very much part of that big solution and without without managing land differently um and more attention to detail we won't we won't achieve the 25-year environment plan you know farmers are um they're pinnacle in that they need we need them to to engage in that for that for those changes to happen um, and importantly, we need collaboration as well. So I think not only will we see will, will we see, you know, the land-based stuff change. I think we'll see more landscape approaches and more collaboration with within within the industry, which will be great. Sharing knowledge, you know, they, the industry are getting amazing at sharing knowledge, and I think that's a really I think that's only going to get more and more. Yeah, absolutely. And just coming back to your point there, we absolutely need a really uh, economically vibrant farming community, don't we, for this to happen. Just just because I think it's a, a term I hadn't heard until that recently, which, which is right behind this 25-year environment plan, is public money for public goods. Can you, can you just help us there? What does that really mean? Because it's, it's a, it's a, it is a, a change, isn't it? We're being paid as service providers, I think is the way to think of it. So that and the service we are providing comes from our ecosystems that we are managing. So our ecosystems could be, you know, the water environment. So we will be providing cleaner water if we manage our land differently, um, whether that be reducing our nitrogen reliance, whether that be, um, you know, using pest predator approaches rather than chemistry. Um, you know, perhaps it's even making sure our, you know, soil profile is in a better state so that we don't lose a lot of sediment through our land drains. So there's, you know, clean water would be an obvious public good because that that services the public, the public want um, cleaner water. You know, we will be 
benefiting our water companies because they will be having to clean up our water less. So that's a public good. Um, other things that we would be providing would be uh, more wildlife. Um, so we obviously get huge uh, benefit as, as the public out of wildlife and seeing biodiversity, green space, you know, mentally um, beneficial. Um, things like climate change, you know, is another one, you know, yes, and that is hugely related to carbon, but it's bigger than that. So climate change adaptation in terms of flood resilience and you know making sure the land's managed in appropriate way and where it is location wise so there's all these i mean and that's just that's just a, like the tip of the ocean in terms of um the tip of the iceberg in terms of the amount of public goods that we can provide as land managers is 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 quite huge really and not, and not even mentioning pollinators you know that's that's a huge public good um in terms of food production yeah yeah I, it just strikes me just how much uh a farmer has to think about and consider so to help us sort of if you like simplify that when you are advising your farmers how do you how do you chunk that down into sort of if you like a plan that that is easy to focus on or, or is that the right route i think yeah definitely a plan. i mean i would i would tend to utilize the funding my focus is tend to be on the funding that's available because that's that's a good way to start because we can we can not I don't want to say bend things to make sure that they um, can benefit the farm but they can on paper they sometimes don't look like they will necessarily benefit the farm but actually the funding is there for a reason and it's there because there's an environmental value if you were to take up some of this funding um, and that, and it can work for a lot of these um, a lot of these options so I suppose I've got my key options I know will stack up benefits on farm so i know that if we you know it's simply if we buffer every watercourse there will be a benefit to that and not only will it be benefiting our water environment it will also be um sequestering carbon and if we put flowers in that margin it will be doing something for our pollinators and if we happen to put our bean crop next to that that flower margin then it you know pollinators will be really important for that so i make sure i make sure I look at a farm from a holistic perspective, not just the farm scale, but landscape scale. And I make sure that I am A, dealing with some of the problems that the farmer has already discussed, discussed with me. And how can I how can I fund some of that environmentally to, to fix those problems, but also stack up the benefits of all the other things that the 25 year environment plans say, but also, um, yeah, build an area that that, that that land manager is kind of, you know, I don't want to be too, evangelistic but proud of in terms of in terms of biodiversity and to walk around it and have that feel good feeling yeah fantastic i mean that i guess is the dream isn't it is to uh, it, it's and farmers are farmers are always from in my experience growing up in farming terrifically proud of uh, crops and uh, you know in terms of being custodians of the land i mean it probably is an incredibly unique industry from that perspective fantastic industry to be in so it sounds like we all need a bit of advice. Uh, there's so much to get our head around with all these changes and the speed of changes. So I guess yourself and agronomists are, are key to that. Yeah, and I think I think you're right in the way you said that as well. Us, me working alongside an agronomist, you know, in a, in a three-way partnership essentially with the land manager is always a successful relationship. That's, that's, that's always how we try and do that because we all coming from slightly different angles and the idea is to get to the point where we are we're compromising enough that we've got we've got a good plan ahead of us. So yeah, sitting as a three, that is that is the key to a success. 
So talking about plans and planning for the next steps and the future, at what stage are we at in terms of understanding the legislation, the rules and what that's going to mean in terms of support? Okay, so um, yeah, as you've spoken about, the um, we're in the we're in an element of transition. Um, how we're going to be paid for this will be under environmental land management, and that is that is very much evolving. So we um, we are still waiting for the key detail about how um, what we're going to be asked to do in terms of public goods, uh, for, um, public money for public goods, and that is that's really challenging because we don't actually know what we're going to have to do for for any money at the moment when it comes to that. So trying to plan for that is really difficult, and particularly. We don't know what the outcomes that we are being asked to do. We don't know what they are. We and we really importantly, we don't know how that's going to be monitored either. So again, in terms of business decisions, we're at a point when um, we're in quite uncertain times. So listening to what you're saying, Beth, it clearly it's a really difficult time, a difficult moment, isn't it, for not only farmers and growers but also the industry as a whole to keep track of these changes. Absolutely, yeah. We, we're all trying to keep our ear to the ground and trying to get on lots of different, um, you know, lots of different boards, lots of different calls, making sure that we, you know, we hit. Because sometimes at this this point, I find we might not know the detail, but knowing the direction of travel is is as is as interesting at the moment to know what we can be doing now to prepare for the future to to add resilience into the system you know that makes perfect sense to me yeah so what what would be your sort of call to action for um growers or actually anyone listening to this podcast today um in terms of thinking about stepping into this this period of change and adopting these environmental plans what what would be your your key notes for us all to take away i think um you know as we've discussed it's a big it's a big subject and there's a huge amount to consider so i think the first thing I would be saying to people is see this as an opportunity rather than a negative. It's a real opportunity to have an impact on, you know, uh, on a global, um, you know, a global problem, which not many people can say. And I think that's that's a real benefit and an opportunity. But also it's an opportunity to to make your business and the environment you're living in more sustainable. So I would be engaging in the new the new transition. I would be at the moment if we're talking about you know tomorrow what would I do? I would if you're not already I'd be engaging in stewardship schemes. I would be making sure that I'm picking the right options that will benefit not just one thing at a time. I would be making sure I'm stacking those benefits. And I would be, um, yeah, I think anything that you're, you'd be worried about in terms of, you know, whether it be um, conservation, agriculture or agroecology and that sort of thing, I would just educate, listen to podcasts and listen to, and read, read um, blogs about these things because there's a lot of information out there and there's a lot of sharing going on as well. And I think, you know, knowledge, like I said, knowledge is key to this. Thank you, Beth, for sharing your thoughts today on how we look at these changes. In the way we're being asked to farm, balancing the financial interest of profitability with environmental sustainability. A time that perhaps needs a different approach that could lead to a real win-win. That's it for this podcast, but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season, exploring the many immediate and longer-term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions that you'd like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.